Welcome to episode 70 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast featuring conversations in Canadian theatre with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at stageworthypodcast.com. If you like the podcast, I hope you'll consider leaving a comment or rating on iTunes or Google Music or whatever podcast app you use. Comments really help people find the show. My guest this week is Siobhan Richardson. Siobhan is an actor, singer, and dancer, as well as a fight choreographer and intimacy director. Siobhan returns to Stageworthy to talk about the work of Intimacy Directors International and the importance of bringing an intimacy director into the rehearsal hall. To spend do, the time you know. on it, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it's always like, oh, I'm not, I, you know, I, I could do this, but then this is making me money, and this is making, you know, all these other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or these other things, like it's not making me money now, but maybe the pen- potential is for yeah. it to be a connection, as opposed to going, this isn't making me money now, but it will mean that I can be in a position to mm-hmm. do these other gigs because I will be ready. Yeah, I will be, f- and I'm doing something I love, so I'm in a better place to begin with. Yeah. Have you found that there are people who are watching regularly, or is it? Do you know what like your viewership is like? Right yeah, there's there are certain time periods, uh, especially. Um, part of what I've been doing this first bit is trying out different periods mm-hmm. of time to to see who I get when. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the. I have a couple people who are regular kind of no matter what time I'm on. Mm. Um, sometimes it's just they only, they're only they usually free on, on a particular day, so I see them then. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of time zones, because Pocket Live is, re- is releasing mm-hmm. all around the world, so some people are like, in the evening, it's first thing in the morning for them because they're mm-hmm. in the Philippines mm-hmm. or they're yeah. on that side of the globe. Is Pocket Live only live? Like, is there an archive of it? There's an archive of it. Um, it's... The, apparently the plan is for it to only have like three or four broadcasts on it, but at the mm. moment it's archiving them all. So I actually okay. had, to, I had to go do a big purge at one point. And now that my, it looks like I had no lag today. So I will okay. go through and I'll just eliminate a bunch of the old ones. Cause I don't want to have laggy stuff in there, even though some yeah. of the content is a lot of fun on some of them. Yeah. I'm just going to reduce it to just a few. Yeah. Um, well, it's hard when there's like lag. Cause then you're like, if somebody comes along and sees this, what's their reaction to this laggy thing going to be. Yeah, how does that represent the work I'm doing? Yeah. And because and, it shows how much how much effort am I putting into it? How professional is just like anything else? How professional is my presentation? What So what are the things that you're, do, you're doing? Um, <clears throat> like a warm-up? You're doing some physio yep, each day? I do. Um, and it, it depends on um, what else is going on. So like during Dan Cox Dance, mm-hmm. I only had like two pockets on every day that I could do. So I did some physio and warm-up stuff. Mm-hmm which is also maintenance for another project that I'm working on. Um, And then in the evening, I would do some reading uh, out of uh, the Degrassi treatise, Mm -hmm. uh, which was translated into English uh, 30 years after it was originally written. So it's still in the Renaissance. See, for a second there, you said Degrassi. I was thinking like either the Degrassi Street in Toronto or... The Degrassi Sisters, which is a, I have a Upper Canada Rebellion on the brain. So ah, oh, oh, neat. Of, Isn't that fun? I wonder, I wonder what kind of weird play or what weird script would include the Renaissance Degrassi, like Giacomo Degrassi yeah. and the Degrassi Sisters. I wonder. <laughs> Degrassi, on Degrassi Street. Yeah, that'd um, be, oh, how many, how many cross-generational, <laughs> how many time-traveling things can you create there? Yeah. And that's, I mean, <laughs> that's part of why I'm like, Degrassi in the hashtag. Because yeah. like, mm-hmm. you never know no. what people's nerderies cross. No, you right? don't. Right? And it's not fair for me to assume that someone who watches Degrassi Junior High, or I forget, I forget what iteration. High, I think now? Is it Degrassi High now? High. Um, and, and Degrassi Western Martial Arts are going to yeah. cross. You never know. Well, you never um, know, yeah. So I was reading the Degrassi treatise, and at one point, too, I was just like, I'm just so tired, and there's stuff that I have to do for the show. So I was talking with my, my liaison at Pocket Live and going, I kind of have to do this, but is that going to be interesting? Because it's not – I was thinking at first, like, visual and movement, and um, she's like, no, as long as you, like, you're still interacting with your audience mm-hmm. to a degree – but also because what you're doing is part of your process in your life. She's mm. like, I think that's totally interesting. So I just had the camera over my shoulder, 
looking at my book mm. while I was, while I'm making my notes and going through and doing stuff. I'm like, this is part of the book work of being an actor. <laughs> like this is, this is me sitting down doing the brain stuff. Like it's, yes, it's mm. gotta be moving and in my body, but there's for, for my personal process, there is a certain amount of it that just has to be sitting, mm. reading and just truly reading what's there, reading it really closely. Yeah. Um, so that was a new discovery for how many people were actually interested in yeah. that process. I think that's been the biggest discovery mm. for me is people, what they're act, what they actually want to see and what there's, they actually find interesting. There's a lot of, I was listening recently to, um, there's a, a podcast called the block type. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's designer, uh, podcast. Like he's a Toronto designer. Oh, cool. But he's been doing a bunch of stuff lately, uh, called, uh, the oh, what's it called? It's it's called the uh, the bellows. Oh, he's the, he's the what is this podcast called? Anyway, type block, type something. Anyway, uh, the bellows t- title block is the name of the podcast. In case anybody's mm. interested, uh, the podcast block. for the win, you guys, Canadian theater podcast for the win. So the title block is really uh, about. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Uh, design and designers in theater. Michael but Cruz. The, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But he's also uh, the Bellows is so the one that got me was media relations. So he mm-hmm. had like Steve Fesher and uh, Sue Edworthy and, and a couple oh, of other people very talking good. about like promotion and stuff for the theater. And one of the things they were talking about is process mm-hmm. and how um, the general public doesn't actually know what happens in the room and how. <laughs> Like, giving a glimpse into that can be just fascinating for them. Like, the idea that, that they could sit and find out, ooh, what happens behind the scenes? Is they're doing this thing now? It might be completely boring. But the idea <laughs> is that, like, for them, it might be completely fascinating. Yeah, it's like, just oh, what are they talking that glimpse. about? Yeah. And so you've got this, like, your process is, like, pulling back the curtain on, on some of that stuff. And I think that's another one of those, like... W- because at the beginning we're like, oh, it's in a way it's, it's about the product. It's about what the audience gets to see and what we prepare for the audience. So I think there's a lot of us out here who are uh, hesitant Mm -hmm. to, to first lift that thinking that, oh no, it's, it's, it's not done. What will they think of me? As opposed to, you know, uh, knowing that the audience gets that it's not done yet. But there's, I mean, there's something to be said for those behind the scene things. Like I see, uh, videos like the some show opening on Broadway. Here's a, bes- a behind the scenes look, and they'll have a couple of the actors talking about whatever, or they'll, you know, maybe a little moment from rehearsal, or what did this uh, song and dance number look like when they were rehearsing it in the studio uh, as opposed to what now? Mm-hmm. Or recently, like Hugh Jackman doing ADR for for the Logan movie. Oh. Like, just like, and people are like, that's like, so this is what actually happens fascinating shit and people are actually like interested in like what goes on behind the scenes like pulling back that curtain yeah we don't have to like they're gonna you know if they come to see the thing they'll see the finished product but like seeing the early stages can be really fascinating for people too i think yeah yeah i remember i forget who i was talking to we were talking about the idea of actually maybe it was part of to what we were talking about with um with fundraising and such Mm -hmm. the idea of um when people get a chance to see more of it, then they have a more personal connection yes. with it. Yeah. Whether it's in a in a case of um, like a crowdfunding thing where they have something, or they're or they're let's say one of your rewards is um, sitting in on the first read. Yeah, they have a sense of uh, yeah, more of a sense of ownership, more of a sense of discovery with the piece. Yeah. I also think like treating some of that behind the scenes stuff as sort of like in a documentary style, like where it doesn't have to, you don't have to think about the presentation. Be honest. If this scene is not going well, like, <laughs> say it. Like, this is like, we're working on this thing. You know, those sorts of, like, human moments that make the audience who's watching that yeah. sort of, like, be there with you. Which is terrifying to think, like, oh, this scene isn't going well. They're going to think it's garbage. Yeah. You know? But then maybe they won't. Maybe. I'm th- I just, I'm this this faraway look in my eyes that the <laughs> listeners can't see is, is me thinking about that moment where, like, for instance, um... Recently, Stratford released a behind-the-scenes of Guys and Dolls, essentially mm-hmm. like a teaser of "Come yeah. and See This," and the rehearsal that they show looks looks pretty polished, and there's mm-hmm. lots of big tricks and of big course, impressive yeah. things, which is uh, which is lovely. And part of me goes, 
that's a fairly finished scene just mm-hmm. out of costume. Yeah. As opposed to like another version maybe we have where you're saying like this scene just isn't working. But then I but then I thought about those wonderful moments that we do have in rehearsal where it's like everyone knows but everyone's there. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. oh, that didn't work. Oh, yeah. let's do that again. Yeah. Well, that was terrible. Let's try that again. Um, one of the things that might have been fascinating for that Stratford Guys and Dolls thing would have been like, what about whenever, like, teach people how to play craps. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. one of the things you have to do if you're doing Guys and Dolls is learn how to play craps. Yeah. Or at least have an understanding that when he says this number, you're really upset about that. Yeah. But I think, like, I remember being there years ago for one of the backstage tours and they had, like, um, it was a Sunday, so nobody was rehearsing. And okay. they were walking around, they were rehearsing Guys and Dolls. And it's so all these books, like they, people, people leaving books, like where they were, it was just like the rules of craps. And there was right. like a well-worn book as people are going through trying to learn this it's, game. Craps is complicated. <clears throat> yeah. I had to learn some craps for um, Hogtown as well. Yeah. yeah. But just like, that's sort of like, this is part of what goes into this. We have to learn this fucking game, you know? Yeah. So here's the, here's how it goes. You do this, 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 like explain it, like, to the to the to the camera. Yeah. Okay. Now you try it. You know. <laughs> this is what we have to remember. So that kind of fascinating, like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Huh. And now, of course, we're like as we as you and I always do. We're like way <laughs> off where we were intending to go because that's just what. It's just yeah. Ooh. Oh, that's, don't worry. Um, I mean, one of the things that we did want to talk about. Yeah. Was um, intimacy for the stage. Yeah. Um, which. As somebody who does uh, fight choreography and, and is, you're, I mean, among all the other things that you do, mm-hmm. you're a fight teacher, fight choreographer, fight fighter. Um, <clears throat> intimacy is not that different not really. from fighting, Mm-mm. but it, we don't tend to think of it that way. No, I think, I, I think yeah. Well, I, there, I think there's a certain there's a certain group of people who who get that they're very similar. Um, and, but I get this all the time where I go, I, I know a thing and then I, I forget that other people don't know it, right. which is something, which as a teacher is something that I have to keep actively reminding myself. Um, but I have these moments where I go, well, of course they're the same thing because it's choreography. Um, and even in the approach to the material, it can, uh, it's very sensitive material for people. It mm-hmm. can really, it can be full of triggers, uh, it can also just be full of um, trepidation. Yeah. Like, I don't know what my response to violence is. Yeah. I have no experience. How do I act this? Yeah. I don't even know where to get started. Yeah. I I have my own experience with intimacy, but I, how is that going to translate? Who's going to judge me on that? Yeah. Because so much of human existence is about who am I attractive to, yeah. who am I attracted to. Yeah. I'm not attracted to anybody and until recently that just wasn't a thing you would admit. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting because there, I think the idea of like intimacy choreography takes away that nervousness going into like Lorena's thing is being like, okay, so then we, and then they do what on stage? Okay. I have to, <laughs> like how am I, how I don't even know how this is going to go down. Like to know yeah. there's going to be like some kind of, Somebody's going to show us how to do that. And so we don't have to worry about, like, awkwardness of, like, how about I do this? No? Okay, how about... Can I, can I put my can hand... I put my hand? It says there's, like, stage directions. There's, like, um, A fondles so-and-so's B. Yeah. And, like, the word fondle yeah. immediately kind of makes your... Puts your back. I was like, yeah. ah, I have to fondle you now. Yeah. Because, because most people have that sense of, I don't want to violate this person. I don't Absolutely. want to make the rehearsal hall uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had a, a, a colleague contact me and was asking, like, I have, we've left the scene till last. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I trust the director, but the director um, feels very new at some of the stuff and has, we've been talking about it kind of, but not really. So we've left this to, left this to last and I just don't want to go in there only trusting other people to do it for me. Mm. Um which is a different opinion, of course, from the people who are like, I trust my director. I will, I will with abandon, trust my director, knowing that they will do something and saying that with all the hope of that, but none mm-hmm. of the belief. Yeah, yeah. Um, so sometimes it's really just a matter of having the vocabulary of being able to say, 
let's let's just talk about consent for a second. Yeah. Let's just talk about yeah, I'm okay with with this. Let me take your hand and put it right here. That I think maybe that works for me. Yeah. But also like what's that story-based approach to it? Mm-hmm. As far as intimacy choreography is concerned, a lot of times what you hear about happening is like, okay, then just kiss. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There's no talk about all the various storytelling points that you can have in that moment mm-hmm. that we really lose yeah. when we don't take a moment in the rehearsal to go, well, what's the story of this moment? Because yeah. it's two words, they kiss. Yeah, and so they, you just go, well, I guess... Then I, I, I put my face kiss. on your face, yeah. and then, like... Yeah. <laughs> um, as Similarly, again, to me, this is why... <laughs> Those of us in intimacy directors, international, while we're talking about this, we kind of go, well, we don't want to keep talking about it like fight choreography because we all happen to be fight directors as well. Um, But the parallel works for us because it is really a similar process in the choreographic approach to it. I think that the the parallel works for anybody who's familiar with the idea of fight choreography. Mm -hmm. Um, But also dance choreography, right? Like there is a dance. It's like, oh, here's some music. Then dancing happens. And if you just have someone who's like, I've done some dance before. Let's do Hichiku Ball Change Jazz Square. Yeah. It's a very different approach than someone who has a vast vocabulary and goes, what's, this, what's the tone of this? Yeah. What's the story of this? Where are we getting to? Mm-hmm. What do our characters care about right now? Mm-hmm. And actually expressing that in the movement. Where did the, the, the intimacy choreography idea come from? Do you know what the, where um, the start of that is? I will, I will paraphrase. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mentor in this, Tonya Sina, uh, was doing her degree. Um, she was also training as a fight director at the time, uh, but she was she was looking at movement and choreography, and um, something was happening in in various scenes that were being done in other people's uh, directing projects. And like, oh, there's some like kissing and touching going on here. Uh, does somebody want to choreograph that? And she leapt at the opportunity. And again, this is the very short version yeah, of uh-huh. it. Um, from there, it pretty much sort of grew. She recognized a need mm. and went, this is something that people need to have an intelligent approach for and not this sort of haphazard, well, I am brave and I will enter, which yeah. is also commendable as an artist. But being brave and entering can be made smarter by having yeah. some of the details. It's like, I can be brave and try to climb Mount Everest, but I bet you'll have better success if I if I draw on the expertise of others yes. yeah. on the way. Yeah. And what Tonya does as well is, what she's been developing over the last couple of decades is also not just this is choreography, but there's also an approach to the work because mm. intimacy for the stage when you're performing intimacy can be um, very exposing emotionally, not just physically for mm. people, but also let's say there is nudity. Yeah. Um, there is uh, a lot of personal danger in that. Yep. A lot of emotional, a lot of emotional danger yeah. in that. So, um, part of what Tonya does is it's about her approach to it, about how do we get actors to communicate with each other? How, as a choreographer, do I um, manage, for lack of a better word, uh, the rehearsal itself? Mm -hmm. How do I communicate with the people? Where do I place myself physically in the room? What kind of tone do I bring to the room? So that everyone feels safe. And I wish I remember, or actually knew who said this, but I heard recently, a rehearsal space should be somewhere safe that dangerous things can happen mm. as opposed to a dangerous place where only safe things will happen. Yeah, yeah. So I, as an intimacy choreographer, how do I come in and create a safe space so that we can really explore these things that can feel quite dangerous? Mm. Um, so yeah, so a lot of Tonya's work is very much about that entire negotiation, not just the approach to the choreography itself. And you can really see a difference in a room, and I'm sure you've experienced it with with other stuff where you've yeah. got a director who's a little bit, as you will, will make a very different kind of tone of a room mm-hmm. as opposed to someone who's maybe very jovial or is mm-hmm. everybody's buddy or is very much like the 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 benevolent dictator. Yeah, like that creates very different tones. So it's making choices about what tone we enter the room with, mm-hmm. reading the people who are there if they are really actually totally cash about it, and then yeah. they don't need a lot of. Um, they don't need the space created for them, then that's a different process than right. a room where everyone's like, I have no idea how this is going to go. Yeah. We have to simulate sex today. Yeah. Or even if, because again, intimacy is also not just um, uh, bikini bits mm-hmm. next to each other. Um, it's also like parent to child. Yeah. It's also best friends. Let's say it's a scene where 
two two friends haven't seen each other forever and that's a very tender vulnerable mm. loving moment um so how do we how do we allow that to to live and breathe how yeah. do we create how do we create a hug that sh- that tells that story because yeah. it's a very different thing than you know two buddies who saw each other like last month yeah yeah where is your starting place for that kind of work um so yeah, reading the room mm-hmm. has a lot to do with it. Um, also, keeping in mind the appropriateness of things like language, mm-hmm. uh, dress. It's very much. It's a little bit about uh, presentation mm-hmm. as well. Um, but it's very much about what's what's the text calling for. What is the work, mm-hmm. so that we can help to distinguish between what's the storytelling issues we're dealing with Mm -hmm. and what are the personal things that are maybe things we need to negotiate in order to have the work happen well. Let's say someone is, let's say it is a scene where clothes have to come off and someone's really uh, self-conscious about their belly. Mm -hmm. So maybe we don't take any clothes off in the first rehearsal because that's not important to the storytelling at this point. Um, And so a lot of it is discussing uh, what this moment calls for, what's come before, what has to happen afterwards. Right. Um, and then the specifics of how we can tell that story. And it's, again, very much like, who are the who are the actors in front of me? How are they interpreting these characters? And so how do we tell this story with these people? Like, one pair of Romeo and Juliet is going to be different than another set of mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet. Right. Because maybe they're different ages, maybe they're playing it more impetuously than others, or maybe these folks are really more... Um, just horny teenagers. Mm. Um, I say just. That's that's very judgmental sounding. Uh, maybe they're playing it as super horny teenagers, so they're both just oh, I'm mashing faces. Yeah. And and as long as that's the story you're interested in telling, mm-hmm. then um, then that's a great choice. So how do we tell that safely? I mean, also physically, if you're going to play two characters who just want to mash their faces against each other, yeah. how do you do it without breaking teeth? Well, there is that. There is that. <laughs> that. That's a logistic that you know actual teenagers don't probably think about. But, uh, <laughs> but when you have to do it again and you again, have to do it every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and twice on Saturdays. And twice on Saturdays. Um, <laughs> in turn, I mean the whole the the idea. Do you, is there a resistance to the idea of like an intimacy choreographer? Sometimes. Some directors are like, no, I can do that myself. Hmm. Some directors are, wow, amazing. I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but some, like, some directors really like to have their own view of the whole room. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't want anybody else, um, uh, anyone else's touch on what's going on. And I, I totally respect that. That's mm-hmm. the way they want to run their rehearsal. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, sometimes... There is pushback um, uh, from actors as well mm. who are like, I don't need you telling me how to do my job yeah. because they, they f- see it as maybe an in- imposition as opposed right. to a discussion. Right. But that also depends on the choreographer going in. Like if someone is going in and is like, all right, we're going to do it this way today. And maybe they think what they're doing is like having positive, upbeat energy. Mm-hmm. Maybe the way it's received that day is, all right, you're doing it wrong. I'm going to tell you how to do it the right yeah. way. Yeah. So again, like reading the room is so mm-hmm. important. But that's where you do get some pushback from uh, from the performers themselves when they're like, I've been doing this for, for many years. I've, I've got this part figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's, that's the thing. That's great if all of the people involved in the intimacy are in that same boat. If all of them are in like... Yeah, we've been doing this for years, and we're comfortable with it. We've mm-hmm. got this figured out. But if, if one of the other people is not there, mm-hmm. then you have an uneven stage relationship. Yeah, and that's where it, where, and I think that happens with everything too, right? Mm-hmm. Where you've got oh, let's do let's do some close work on this scene, yeah. and one person's like, I got this scene. I know exactly what's going on, yeah. and they end up being there in a way, in support of the other people in that scene. Mm-hmm. But in that way, then you go, okay, cool. So you don't think you don't feel you need an intimacy choreographer. Let's um, your job then is to just be confident in the in the movement, mm. and then allow the outside eyes yeah. to continue to adjust the full picture. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that's where some of the pushback comes from. Is is the um, they haven't necessarily thought before about how the third eye sees it really differently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's a reminder yeah. that we all need sometimes like time passes differently on stage than it does in the audience and in yeah. the same way our perception of what's happening from the inside yeah. is different than what the audience is is seeing yeah. and you can't rely on like oh i feel that impulse tonight because it means that the story changes and yeah. then let's say um you know you and your co-star have been doing this passionate kiss this way one day and then one performance someone goes oh yeah and then i'm gonna grab their butt or something and yeah, then suddenly there's off. Yeah. yeah that can that can throw your and it's it's different than having just a slightly different expression of the text mm. one day let's say that person just doesn't like being touched there or has yeah. for whatever reason that feels like a kind of violation yeah. then they're then they're off of course, for the rest yeah. of the performance mm. and sure you're going to deal with it and still say the things but it's um it's a different kind of pushing somebody around than what's expe- than yeah. what's acceptable within the we are being these people in this situation as opposed to now I've provoked the actor. Yeah, well, I mean it, it's always in in into it, well not always but you, I think everybody's heard a horror story of a an intimate scene that went wrong or mm-hmm. felt wrong but they didn't feel like they were empowered to do anything about like they were Mm -hmm. stuck doing this scene that felt like in like uh, a violation yeah um i myself have been incredibly lucky the worst is that i was doing a scene and i had to kiss somebody and i was like why am i giggling like a 12 year old Mm -hmm. like i feel like an idiot um but but yeah some people have have not felt empowered to to speak up and Mm -hmm. say this doesn't i don't feel right right but not necessarily feeling like understanding really innately understanding that we can have a difference between what the characters need to do and the actor feeling Mm -hmm. violated. Like you can, you can do what the character needs to do and you yourself, the actor can feel safe Mm -hmm. at the same time. And, um, that's part of some of the education that's going on Mm -hmm. with intimacy directors international, because it's helping people understand that vocabulary. Like, as I mentioned, the, I had a colleague that wrote to me and she just said that having the vocabulary to talk about what's, what's the scene work here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if something was sort of going in a direction that she didn't agree with, uh, artistically that she didn't agree with, um, because her personal boundaries were being pushed because we had talked about it. She said that she had a sense that she could tell those two things apart mm-hmm. where sometimes when you have a warning bell going off you don't know what it is because no. maybe yeah. it is only artistic but you feel awkward and the more you the more you do the thing you're like I feel wrong I feel wrong I feel wrong yeah. and maybe what was a disagreement on storytelling then becomes something that feels really personal and then the yeah. whole thing is sort of becomes off yeah. um, but people being empowered to uh, or even then having the vocabulary and understanding that okay, maybe it is that you feel personally violated, but you don't want to talk about it. Mm. Maybe it is a matter of going, well, let's talk about the story of this and you can negotiate your way around um, the thing that is a personal trigger for you. We don't often, I mean, it's one of those things that, I mean, I've had so many conversations in theater about the story of the fight. Yeah. When it's a good choreographer, sometimes it's just going to look cool. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it's like we talk about the story of the fight. Yeah. But it's like you were saying, usually when you get to the romantic part, it's just like put your face together. Yeah. And then we move on. And nobody ever talks about what's happening in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so that moment, especially the first time when we have to do that, becomes fraught. Because in that moment, I don't know about you, but I've had moments where I'm like, I have to do this thing. And the character is doing it. But I, I'm having difficulty separating myself from this moment mm. and now I'm like feeling like awkward and weird like it's that weird moment where it's like you're the actor I'm playing a part but I'm also me and you know that I'm me we're doing this thing and now I'm just like I'm feeling so awkward and not having like that discussion or any underlying anything yeah about it. and those moments of like well let's say you're you're doing a show and like humans are humans and as much as people don't want to admit it sometimes we are also just animals sometimes Mm -hmm. and your body and your chemicals are going to do things and if you haven't had any kind of discussion on the storytelling versus the actor Mm -hmm. you may start to confuse and that's you know that's where a lot of showmances come from is that people just happen to be together and they're they're touching each other and they're doing things that are meant to read to the audience as though they're feeling good so they're probably actually feeling good to a certain degree and you get confused uh, like those things 
the act, it's like when you smoke, people say, you don't feel good, smile, you'll feel better. Yeah. It's like that sets off the chemical in the brain, makes you feel like you're feeling a thing. Yeah. And the showman's happens and it's great until the show ends and that's not happening anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So part of being able to talk about the intimacy as as a choreography and just, and addressing that very thing where it's like, this is going to feel great. Mm-hmm. And remember that it's not real. Yeah. Now, if something genuine comes up, then that's, then yeah. that's great. Yeah. But for it to happen in every show you're in, there is, I, I endeavor to say there is something there that needs to be, um, don't take your work home with you. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. that's a bit yep. harsh. Maybe it, it may sound a little bit harsh, but it, I mean, it's, it's true because those tag out yeah, go home. Those, those, show, those showmances. I mean, I don't know anybody that any that have worked out. There may be some. I think there's there there's a couple like there they are out there, but yeah. for the vast majority of them, I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. Like we call them showmances. Exactly. Even in that word, yeah. we diminish them we, in a way, going, "Oh yeah, that hormone thing know, that happens." Deep down, we know what they are. Yeah, maybe the people involved in, but you know, we know what they are. And then to have them happen all the time, it's like. Mm, no, we maybe we need to be doing something different. Yeah, it's like, do I need to keep changing my life every time I change shows? Like, yeah. let's say that you're the type that's always a that's always the lead. That's always some manner of romantic lead. Like, yeah, I'm, that means that every time you do a show, you are falling in love, moving in, like having a relationship, and then as soon as that show ends, you're breaking up and going on to the next. Yeah, yeah, thing. and um. If that's a lifestyle you're happy with, then great. But mm-hmm. I wonder about the emotional wear and tear that takes on a person. Yeah. What about a time when you when you are ready to, um, when you are ready to be with one person? You want to have something solid, yeah. and but you're in the practice of yeah. falling in love and being with that one person. Like yeah. I, I um, oh, and I just thought of the deeper implication too of if you're if you're always falling in love in that fashion, um, the the act of falling in love in a different context would be kind of kind of foreign. Not that you're yeah. not going to see it, but in my mind, I kind of go, "What? That would be a really different experience." And I wonder, for someone who is a a, a serial showmancer, mm-hmm. um, what what that might mean for their yeah. their other the building relationships in other fashions. It just it's a very a curious yeah, it's philosophical very, question. Very interesting philosophical more question. than anything. But back to the original idea yeah. of. The, uh, of of putting it down and taking it home. There's yeah. there's a certain amount of uh, recognition. So let's let let's go back to like the the like naked intimacy. Let's say mm-hmm. when you are doing sex scenes and stuff, those can get really awkward because yeah. suddenly you're like ah now my body is doing things and my the uh, my my human animal is doing the things yes. that it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But having the discussion of well sorry if I do sorry if I don't. It's not yeah. a personal. It's it's not a personal thing. It's just that our our chemical systems work well together, or yes. our chemical systems don't work well together. Yeah. So those things aren't happening. Yeah. But it's not an it's not meant. It's not an insult to you. I don't no. mean it in any way. I personally think you are lovely, but my body doesn't want to reproduce with you yes. necessarily. Like it's <laughs> like it's not something that needs to be needs to make the work awkward. Right. Because we've talked about it. Because we've addressed it. We can be like, oh yeah, yeah. That's just a thing. The things that, that it's almost as though we should have been talking about this for many, many years previous to this. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that, that we're really only starting to have these conversations now. And I, part of the reason I dove into studying with Tonya and working on getting her up here to Canada to do some work with us here was because I was like, 30 and had this experience of having to kiss someone a show and giggling like a 12 year old and yeah. i'm like why am i an idiot i'm a, I'm a professional <laughs> i am an adult i'm an i'm, I'm a married woman and I, sh- I i have put my face on people's faces before in shows why is this one different mm-hmm. and i just felt like such an idiot yeah um but for whatever reason that particular one just my subconscious was yeah. doing things and i was like i i was in some ways just really embarrassed that mm. this was being so bizarre. Everyone in the room was lovely and we all had a great little giggle about it. Of course, yeah. Um, but it does seem odd sometimes that how are we talking about this or to talk about it, we kind of go, well, yeah, isn't that what everybody knows? And mm-hmm. then secretly we're like, oh, good. Oh, good, we're talking about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. It, t- it takes a lot of the pressure off. Mm-hmm. of those scenes like to have that conversation and not have that conversation be like 
had with the director saying, all right, so you two work on the scene. Like, go into the other room and work on the kiss or something. Because then it puts the pressure on the actors. Like, you're not hot enough. Yeah. Like, it, it subconsciously becomes this judgment. Yeah. Also, then you make it personal. Exactly. Go go hide go, somewhere go hide and get sexy together. Alone. Be sexy. Like, and then come back here and show us your Do you tell your actors to go away? Just go go punch each other for a yeah. bit. And then come back with a great fight scene. Yeah. Or go, go ballroom dance together and then be brilliant at this choreography. Yeah. No. Like, it's, it's... And then it's also not... Te- like technically mm-hmm. then it's also not rehearsal there's no stage manager no. with you yeah. there's no director it's you rehearsing it's on your own time that gets, that gets really awkward and that's where that showman's thing showman's thing tends to and that's yeah. so that's one of the like one of the cardinal rules you could say one of our pillars of uh, of safe choreography is making sure that it's um uh, it always stays within the realm mm-hmm. of the professional rehearsal. Yes. Yeah. So that it's it never it's not allowed to become awkwardly personal mm. uh, because it's there's a there's a third party watching, going yes the audience is perceiving this, mm-hmm. and then the actors generally are able to go okay that worked how did that look and if they're feeling awkward themselves they can kind of defer that energy and go to the the outside line and go did, did that work I, mm-hmm. I felt awkward do I look sexy yeah. or does this tell what we need to tell because subconsciously if you if the actor doesn't believe yeah. that it works they will subconsciously do things with their bodies mm-hmm. that belie how awkward they feel yeah. things like okay you can't see me I'm doing it right now um, shoulders yeah. rolling forward yeah. the whole anything that you see uh, that we um, parallel with that indicates to us low self-esteem so things right. like uh, hiding down making yourself yeah. smaller um, or even something really simple like just rolling the shoulders forward and collapsing the chest a bit mm-hmm. reads as let's say if I'm kissing someone while I'm doing that there's a subconscious pulling away as yeah. opposed to like when I open up my neck and when I open my chest and sort of allow that person into my personal yeah. space if I'm at all feeling awkward when I'm performing that scene those little subconscious cues are those things where when people are watching intimacy on the- in theater when they're watching yeah. it performed where they go I, I just don't it. believe it don't why believe it. why we all feel awkward like yeah. the audience feels yeah. weird yeah. yeah so what does education look like for the intimacy directors like how are you, how does the education that's that's happening take place it's uh, at this point it is definitely a growing process it's something that tony's been working on for years and we're just looking to formalize it because we're also very conscious of we don't want this to become like some kind of exclusive club mm-hmm. but we do want to be specific about who we um uh, uh recommend for this work. We're also not looking at calling it like certification or no. anything, but we really want to go, well, these are people that we agree on appropriate rehearsal methods. Mm-hmm. So what does the education look like as it were? Things like how, how does one um, manage a room? What kind of, what kind of confidence, what kind of tone do you bring into it? It's also some very simple biomechanical things of like what I said. Um, this is what the body does when it's aroused. This is how we do things like hide away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a lot about reading people. So do I, when I walk into a room, again, in that way, again, it's a lot like fighting. Um, when I walk into a room, do I see who doesn't really like each other? Who's involved in this scene? How do they feel about each other? Yeah. Are they like, I'm very professional and I know what I'm doing, but secretly I'm really terrified. Or yeah. I trust the other people in the room. Or when you're in the middle of the work and suddenly you see someone shut down. Mm-hmm. Someone said something, we've done something. So you recognize that and go, Okay, that person's just had a trigger. Yeah. So how do I how do I negotiate around that? Do I ask them about it? Like, mm-hmm. is it the kind of thing where I need to go? Are you okay with this? Yeah. Or is it the kind of thing where they would probably rather not talk about it, and we just find another way to to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that way, it's about the reading the room. It's also um, some basic stagecraft of like from a director's perspective. What does this scene need? Mm-hmm. What where is it supposed to go? All those questions and having a handle on on all that kind of work as well. Right. Um, but it is, a, it is a developing process. So uh, listeners, you should check out intimacydirectorsinternational.com. And that's where, as the work grows, and as our, as our um, uh, gathering, our collection of like-minded professionals, as it grows and as we continue to define what we feel these prerequisites are, that information will be there and you can connect with us there. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you wish that performers, directors, stage managers knew about this process beforehand? Um, 
that it's uh, it's storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, and it really is about looking at how we can um, create a movement piece, mm-hmm. as it were, that tells the story that we're looking for. Mm. Um, it's not personal because, as we were talking about before, yeah. the current practice tends to be a little bit about you're not hot enough. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Um, this isn't working, and no one, not no one. Fewer people have a sense of how we clarify that. Yeah. So going into it, just having a sense of this is this is a movement piece, mm-hmm. and there are lots of little things. And just like any other piece of slightly complicated blocking, it's not going to be perfect on the first day, mm-hmm. and it may take some warming up to get into it. Yeah. Um, uh, also, don't like asking an intimacy choreographer to come in and give you a hand is in no way. Um, diminishing one's own expertise as an artist Um, it is a specialty Mm. and as much as uh, directors absolutely have a sense of the human spirit and this person's experience um, calling in someone to take a look at this really specific moment is not about relinquishing control of your show or saying um, I'm not good enough or anything else that implies Mm -hmm. a lack what it really is is just deferring a particular moment to a specialist yeah. that can do something probably quicker than you yourself can. Because well, this mean, is what we spend our time doing. It's what we study. It's the kind of thing, I mean, you wouldn't think twice about bringing in a dance choreographer or mm-hmm. hopefully a fight choreographer. <laughs> God so willing. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> we've had that conversation before. Yes. Um, but it's it's very similar to those sorts of things. Yeah. it's It's something that is really quite personal for people. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, know that, like, if you call me in to do some intimacy choreography, know that I understand that. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, I absolutely respect every person in the room. I'm not going to come in and try to top dog the room or something. I'm also not going to come in and be like, all right, so today (laughs) we're going to choreograph the intimacy. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a professional coming in and doing some, some choreography. I think if it was just one thing, then, then that would be it. Like Mm. we can just, Take a breath, yeah. choreograph some movement, and know that we've got a handle on like what's the audience going to see, yeah. and we want everyone to feel good. Like yeah. we want everyone to feel confident yeah. while we're doing this. Well, that, I mean, and that's that's really the thing because I think there's there've been a lot of times when I've seen a show when people are not confident, mm-hmm. and you know you go into the scene and everybody's like, "This is the part I hate." You can sort of see like the actors being like, I mean, it's a little awkward, but let's put our faces on each other. Yeah. You know? It's like, or, or worse, like. Now I want a t-shirt yeah. with just like two awkward faces two awkward near faces. each other. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But that's sometimes what it feels like, right? Yeah. Sometimes what it feels like is like, this is the part where we are supposed to kiss. Yeah, and it's just sort of like, yeah, because it seems yeah. to, in, in a way, you could, you could categorize the extremes of, there's this like, this like bracing for it. Yeah. Or this like. All right, here we go. Like the running up towards it where you can see the in both of those extremes of discomfort, you can Mm -hmm. see the actors like, all right, here's this thing that we haven't really talked about, but we kind of need to do. And it's it's again, it's a uh, but there's no other word. This climactic moment where a thing is happening and it's a story plot as well. So it's important and it has to happen. Or we, you know, we do the Star Trek. We we cradle people and walk them out of the room and go blah blah yada 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 (laughs) which is also in a way unsatisfying if you don't have the lead up to it if we don't believe that those characters are going to go off and do that thing yeah then Mm. then we're again we're losing the story opportunity and that's the thing that hits me the hardest or the thing I've noticed the most in in my last years of studying this is in in my several years of studying this now is it's the story that gets lost when we don't give it the time. Mm-hmm. I know it's only like two words in the script, but you kind of you kind of need to give it enough time. I mean, yeah, it's like two words in the script, but how often is they fight just two words in the script? Right? Right? So it needs a little bit of something. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I, is this the, all the kind of stuff that I, I wish has been Conversations that we've been having for yeah. a lot longer. I remember doing a show myself years ago where um, there was a wedding 
and the person I was supposed to be marrying in a group wedding, Shakespeare, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Weddings, <laughs> like, and it's a comedy, so a bunch of people get married, right? Yeah, yeah. I tried to explain that to my girlfriend once. <laughs> oh, I know, this one is actually technically a comedy, they get married at the end, and she was like, What the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, No, it's a thing, but so yes. it's like one of the comedies, and everybody gets married at the end, right? And everybody's supposed to kiss, and my partner in the scene was like, No, I have a boyfriend, I'm not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Okay. We probably should have had a conversation around that before the director said, and everybody kiss. Mm-hmm. And she just sort of like said, no, I'm not. Like she, there was no conversation about it. Mm-hmm. So it was like at odds with the director, at odds with the actor, that sort of thing. And it just, if we'd been able to have conversations about that sort of thing, mm-hmm. like from day one, then we could have come up with some way that kind of worked better than whatever was happening at the time. Yeah. And it actually comes around to that question of consent as well. And mm-hmm. also like accepting yeah. the job. Um, or, or making it known at the beginning that I really want this role, but I don't, I don't kiss other people on the mouth yeah. in shows. That's just not a thing I do. Yeah. And so that the director can either approach it with, great, you're amazing for this role. Let, we'll find another way to, to tell that moment. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, so it's not sort of a surprise and it can be part of a wonderful moment. Yeah. Um, and again, that's where an intimacy choreographer, um, might take some of the pressure off mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, how's another way that we can tell this moment of intimacy yeah. without having to use the traditional uh, trope, I dare say, yeah. of I put my face on your face. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is like, you got to get that on a button or something. I put my face on your face. I put my face something. on your face. Yeah, it's just like, the, like, can you make that sound more awkward? Um, <laughs> it's, it's because of Lin Love and she's like, oh, he's so handsome, I won't put my mouth on his mouth. <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me so happy. Yeah, makes me laugh because yeah, sometimes it's just like uh, 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 I just yeah. just want to eat like an apple. Like I nom nom nom. But then again, that's that stuff that that that's great if both people want to eat the other's face like an apple. Yeah. But if one person is like, I want to eat your face like an apple, and another one is like, Whoa, 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 slow down. Whoa, whoa. We have to get on the same page there. Raspberries. That's the scene. Yeah. Yeah, so well, I these mean, conversations that have to be had. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh yeah, but speaking of which, that moment of like, oh, I don't, I don't kiss people. Um, being a that that actor also being able before that to mm-hmm. feel empowered to say, this isn't something I do, but here's some other great yes. options, or let's let's chat about this beforehand. So yeah. it's like even if it's to the fellow actors, like, yeah. hey, I, I don't kiss people in the mouth, yeah. but so let's come up with another really tender moment of maybe you kiss my hand yeah. or, or maybe you struck or we, and that, that could have all been stuff that we, that was a conversation. Instead, we kind of stood there awkwardly, <laughs> which was like, cause she said, no, we're not going to do that. And so it was just like, all right. So everybody else does it. And we just <laughs> stand there. The, oh, so, but now yeah. my brain goes like, if the two of you, look at the others and then look back at each other and are like, yeah, like, oh, <laughs> See, guess what's going to happen on our own been, time. That could have been, that could have been a moment. And, but again, we would have had to like discuss that and like make the choice and things like that, which was not happening. As opposed to in a run, suddenly you're like, ah, uh, uh, oh, oh, so we don't do that. Okay. Yeah. It's basically yeah. like twiddling thumbs, yeah. whistling a little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it comes back to, again, these conversations that we just haven't really had much. Yeah. Like what, what are those alternatives? And the idea being, um, you are well within your rights to say, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that is that is a personal choice, but that doesn't affect the quality of my art. Yeah. It just means that I do it in a way that maybe you don't expect. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, that is, it's perfectly valid to do that, but it's only, again, we have to be able to talk about you it. You have to be able to talk about it. I kind of feel like um, one of the reasons why these conversations haven't been happening Mm-hmm is because a lot of directors have been dudes and a lot of leading men because their men are dudes and it, it turns <laughs> into like no okay so she's hot so now I get to kiss her or whatever you know mm-hmm. or and I think there's some sexual politics involved in that or have been involved in that um and that's why those conversations <laughs> haven't been happening I know Tony's got lots of stories I'll bet she does for this yeah. and and as the work of Intimacy Directors International and Intimacy Directors and Choreographers in general becomes uh, more of a discussion and more of an accepted practice, um, it's interesting to see where the pushback comes from, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, male directors or mm-hmm. female directors or right. what kind of pushback you get from people um, mm-hmm. or what kind of open arms you're yeah. accepted with. Um, 
I, I know Tonya has announced it so that I can say it. She will be intimacy directing for the Bacchae at Stratford nice. uh, this year. Um, and that's a very um, woman-positive show. Yeah. Um, so that's one where it was like, oh, this is wonderful. Let's let's talk about this. Let's build a relationship. Yeah. Um, as opposed to other situations where it's like, no, I got it. We don't need you. Yeah, so, of course. Oh, and I'm not saying that not not to imply any particular theater company no. in that. That's certainly not. But various situations where it's been like, no, no, we we got this. It's fine. They'll just kiss. Yeah. Or in other situations, I've had directors, as I said, who are like, oh, thank goodness. And yeah, you do get little surprises of like, oh, that's a very dude like that's a very bro kind of person i would have expected them to to be really um uh precious about it Uh, but they're not but yeah if 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 i if i may say from anecdotal evidence it can be those people who are either very protective about being the director in the room or dudes who don't see it as a problem yeah of course they don't yeah of course they don't yeah because if mean, you can't see it, you don't actually understand the problem, I mean, and you can't are, see we people's are, awkwardness. We're having this conversation on International Women's Day when yes. this sort of thing should be talked about, yeah. and about how the gender politics mm-hmm. and gender politics in theater have have played out for many years, mm-hmm. and how the the dudes, the bros, the the, the guys there there have been there has been a history of of railroading of, of railroading mm-hmm. uh, of guys putting women in situations that they don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. And let's talk a little bit about bystander stuff, too, where yeah, yeah. it's not just the people in the scene, but it's also other people who are in the rehearsal um, feeling like they're not allowed to speak up because it, they feel like it's not their scene or yeah. it doesn't really affect them, yeah. um, not knowing who they can go to. Or um, even the stage manager being... If they if they don't feel empowered to speak up and be like, um, like let's take five or I... I this this is getting really tense not knowing how to yeah. uh, diffuse or to move the situation along like everyone in the room feeling awkward yeah. in some manner when they can see something happening but also it's, it, it can be really tricky because sometimes you have a person in the scene who's like no don't stand up for me I can do this myself yeah. and that's that's one thing I, I find when I'm a fellow performer in rooms so I, I, I find it sometimes can be a bit frustrating where I'm just like this is not an energy I can deal with I can see people are personally upset and that's where you know, I, I must admit my my usual method is like not my place I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna slip out yeah. and as I admit that I'm a bit like oh that's that's not something I should be doing at all no. I should be talking to somebody but but not feeling empowered to talk to that's a good question I mean it's, it's one of those um, should there be like I don't know like some kind of educational seminar for a the stage manager so that they can um, you know know how to handle those situations or like have uh, things that they could do in those situations um, yes and I believe that there is um, I'm just looking as I'm furiously looking up the information um, I believe that that's part of the aims of the Not In My Space mm. campaign with equity is the idea of uh, who do I talk to, who can I call. Um, they have educational materials out that you can take a look at. Um, you can also contact a respectful workplace advisor. And this is for any kind of uncomfortable thing. Let's right. say someone is bullying yeah. the rest of the room. Um, I mean, oftentimes it's, it's a director but maybe it's it's a particular actor or, or whatever. Yeah. For whatever reason, the workspace is is awkward um, in any fashion. So you can contact a respectful workplace advisor uh, by email, not in our space at caea.com. Mm-hmm. And there's also a helpline, 1-800-387-1856. And you can find that information on the Equity Canadian Actors Equity website. Um, there's a, a whole pilot project. Like I encourage, I encourage you listeners, no matter where you are in the world, to check it out. It's 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 really exciting that uh, that Canadian Actors Equity is moving this direction because again, it's conversations that we should have been having. There are there have been certain policies in place, but it's an awareness thing that hasn't been there. Well, that's the thing is the policies can be in place, but they they only have teeth if they're if like they're known. Yeah, it doesn't help if like there's somebody somewhere who knows the knowledge more people have to know where to go and what to do in this situation exactly so yeah check out check out caea.com um 
in under member services or just um, click on the Not In Our Space campaign mm -hmm. link and you can see some of the materials they have available. Some of them, there's some great little like bookmark size things where it's like, what can I do? How yeah. can I help? Who do I talk to? And there's information on those, so, like the really quick picks of information. Um, but they also have more um, materials to read as well. Again, um, check out the numbers that you can call if you're in the middle of a rehearsal process and you're like, I don't know. Yeah. You can call someone. There's always somebody at that at that phone number to well, talk to. This is one of those things that's so important that, that again, we should have been talking about so long ago, but mm -hmm. we're only getting to now. But the, again, I mean, we're looking at, there, there's a, a change happening for the better, I think, in the industry in terms of... And even in the world, honestly, yeah. about things that people are able to talk about now or want mm -hmm. to talk about now or not want. That's, no, 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 no. People feel safe compelled? to talk safe, about. Yeah. Safe to yeah. talk about. Compelled to talk about. People who are like, I I won't be silent anymore. This mm -hmm. is this is really important. And yeah. I I need to leave, live my life in a healthy manner yeah. and this is part of what makes my life healthy yeah. and I'm not going to tiptoe around your norms mm -hmm. in order to do that. Well, it's so important because I mean yes, you know, it's art, but it's a workplace. Yes. You know. That is key. And it is a workplace. We are doing work in that place and so we have to have it has to be a safe place. There can't be bullying, there can't be uh, harassment, there can't be abuse. And we don't have to, and because the other thing that happens is people have this sense of like, oh, but it's part of the, the actor's process or it's part of an artistic process that is painful. You don't have to suffer trauma no, to make good art. Trauma. In fact, it's right? better if you don't suffer trauma to make right? good art. A safe space where dangerous things can happen. It's yeah. because we can tag out and we don't suffer long-term psychological damage yeah. from the work that we're doing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not worth it. No. I mean, maybe maybe some people feel it is, but guess what? I want to get up tomorrow and be able to feel comfortable and safe in my own skin and go to a new workplace tomorrow. Go back to the same one. I just think that if you finish your day and you you have to go home and curl up in a ball and cry for three hours, that maybe something is wrong in the space that you're working in. Yeah. You know. That said... Um, uh, my colleague Jade Elliott recently choreographed for If We Were Birds in Edmonton, and uh, one of the characters there's a there's a pretty brutal rape mm -hmm. in that script, and this director chose to stage it, whereas in the original staging it wasn't actually staged. Right. Um, but the lead actor in that felt perfectly safe, but was finding that there was like this energy buildup. Right. And sometimes it's just the fact that because the material yeah, is yeah. energetic in a certain way, that a certain kind of self-care was required afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and in this particular case, what worked was like, go home, do 20 minutes on a treadmill, and it actually just expressed that energy. Yeah. And again, that's where someone who has intimacy director training or experience is going to be able to help advise you through those things because you can yeah. be as safe as you want, but sometimes the emotional residue well, of what we're doing is going to stick with you and you need to know healthy ways yeah. to express that again not taking your work home because as much as you're like well no i'm a professional i will leave that there yes you absolutely are i agree with you but there is a line sometimes where you're like i i my subconscious cannot handle this well, how do i tag it out still creating all the chemicals that make it real absolutely and so as far as your body is concerned it's still it's happening. Real. Yeah. You might be like, well, I'm just faking it. We're just acting. But your body is like, these are things I'm doing. Right. I mean, we talked before about yeah. the autonomic responses of yeah. sorry if I do, sorry if I don't. Yeah. It's no offense. But my body is doing the things that it expects to do yeah. in this context. So, yeah, yeah you, are, you are physically experiencing that. Yeah. So it's, it's finding how do, you, how do you release that yeah. um, and thereby minimize any other trauma and i wonder how many rehearsal spaces have been affected by those kind of residual energies when um when we don't notice it building up yeah like i was doing uh when jess kill Susie, and as much as i did a whole bunch of stuff like i was like okay that was a really hard one i'm gonna go on to the patio uh -huh. and just do some yoga for an hour and just release that yeah. but by the end of the run i was i was exhausted oh that's a fucking brutal show it's pretty brutal <laughs> it's a brutal show and you know i mean you're working with with, with jackie and that and mm -hmm. she starts at a certain emotional place yeah and she's a hostage she's, she's a tied hostage up she doesn't get to talk for half an hour because yeah. she's gagged yeah so I mean, there's for that there's a certain amount of thing for the people who are doing it. There's a certain there's certain certain stuff going. You have to be able to to do something with the energy of that. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's part of it too. Eh? It's the acknowledging that um, 
it's not just the trauma that we accidentally hold on mm-hmm. to. Um, so, so um, sorry, I'm saying that poorly. Um, by being able to talk about it, we can then help ourselves understand what is the trauma I'm actually accidentally holding on to? Mm-hmm. What's the trauma I'm holding on to because I feel like it has to be part of my process? Right. And where can I find the ease? Like, where yeah. can I, what are, what are the things I can let go of and thereby um, nourish my art and my expression mm-hmm. as opposed to, um, this kind of feels right and I think it's helping me. Mm. But again, maybe an outside eye can go, you can drop that particular part of attention. I know it feels good, yeah. but you can actually drop that because it's not helping from the outside. Right. And then you find you're actually, you're able to approach it in perhaps a, a healthier manner. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that someone's dictating your process, but they are um, helping you hone what's going to work for that piece yeah. on that day, in that time, with this cast. It's the same thing as like when your fight choreographer says... Um, when you're waving your sword like that, you don't look like a master swordsman. <laughs> Hold it a little more like this. Yep. You know? it's, it's a similar thing. It is. <laughs> well, this has, been, this has been great. Thank you so much for, for talking with me about this. It's My pleasure. Awesome. Love it.